All right, everybody, welcome to our latest MX Vice SMX Review Show podcast as we talk all things Glendale from what was a fascinating weekend of action. Firstly, thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd also like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Fox Racing, Parts Europe, Scott, Whole Shop Motorhomes, AS3 Performance, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. Right, for this episode, we have another Whiskey Throttle times MX Vice collab as I'm joined again by the great man, Whiskey Throttle Editor-at-Large, Jeff Beaver. How's life? And thanks for joining us. Looked like a good one in Glendale, mate. You were there all over it. Yeah, it was uh, It was an interesting weekend, man. Uh, that track was huge. I mean, big, 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 big track. Uh, I, I like the Cardinal Stadium. State Farm Stadium is just badass. Huge, big old press box to watch the racing from if you want. Uh um, I did safety hold photography again, uh, got some really, really good shots. I'm actually starting to actually know what I'm doing with the camera a little bit. So, uh, yeah, my, uh, you know, you're out there with guys like Garth Milan and all that. And you're like, uh, I, I, I suck, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just kind of, kind of doing my thing, having fun and, uh, running around with all the riders and, uh, nothing like being on the safety hold watching the race. And I mean, there is no better view of the race than right there in, in those spots. You're 15 feet from the guys. It's it's pretty epic. It's amazing how much I was talking to Michael Antonovich and he, he was like, isn't it crazy how much different the race sounds when you're on the safety hold or on the floor compared to just being back in the stands in the front row. And I go, yeah, it's, it's gnarly, dude. You can feel it in your chest when they're revving. It, it's a trip. Uh, but so it was a great weekend. Yeah, mate, it looked like a good one. It was certainly full of action, lots happening. And just obviously touch on the track, mate. By the end of the mains, it was pretty beat up. Obviously, gave the riders a good test. They obviously can stretch those bikes out a bit in those bigger floors. And so how was it? That big rhythm section obviously caught a lot of eyes. The whoops obviously were just rock hard. Quite tough to pass in a lot of ways with those rhythm sections having that little bit of a twist in them. So how was it from your perspective in terms of the breakdown, how the riders adapted? Certainly gave them a pretty good test and a nice challenge, didn't it, mate? Yeah, I mean, those rhythm lanes, I think, were like 145 yards long. Uh, they, were, they were just insane. So it was like almost like Red Bull straight rhythm with a little kink in it. So it's no wonder that Roxon did so well, right? I mean, just the timing was crazy. And RJ was on our um, Riders Meeting podcast today. You guys should check that out. But he was talking about how he was like having to downshift to 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 get through the rhythm lanes at, at one point to to be able to slam into the face of one of the the sections to to and then having to seat bounce over and he goes typically you don't downshift in a in a supercross race in the middle of a rhythm lane so they threw a pretty cool curveball at him it, you know uh dirtworks did a good job on the track uh um you know no more dragons back which i think is a, a positive i mean look what happened to barsha what last year i mean he got weeded over the damn thing and if you just if you miss that top one you're you're just having a horrible horrible day and uh so i'm, I'm glad to see those go i mean they were cool to look at when they were executed properly but the juice wasn't worth the squeeze on them um they've gone to nine uh whoops in the track which my thought is I haven't asked anybody at Feld, but my, my thought is to kind of get consistency, um, you know, with all these um, teams and everybody building tracks. Hey, you know, if we just set the standard, that's going to be nine whoops at this size, everybody can kind of go build a set of whoops like that and, and get good at, at executing those types of whoops 
I think it'll bring the safety up, honestly. It, it, that's my thought on it. Um, but uh, that that Glendale dirt, when you walk in it, it it, it, uh, it turns to concrete when it's dry, but when it's wet, it just sticks to your feet. I mean, you when you walk across the track, you're two inches taller after you're done. And uh, and uh, I learned in 2020, I did a track walk there. Don't walk up and down the jumps there. You know, the the guys have been doing that their whole life. They do it. But I could just see my fat ass being a highlight reel sliding down the face of a jump or eating it. And I'm just not trying to be that dude. So I, I just kind of cruise the outsides or walk the straights. But she was a big in. Uh, I liked how they had the split sand section. That was pretty cool. Um, it was, it was, a, it was a good look, um, that, that double that crossed the end of the start straight that, uh, that got a couple people pretty good, dude. Uh, RJ, uh, Hampshire's lucky. He was able to compete, uh, after time qualifying. He, he caught a felony case. He cased it so hard, man. He was looking at 25 to life on that one. I mean, he ate it hard. He said he, he said he hit so hard. It shifted his jaw over and he, he's like, man, I'm not, I'm not 20 years old anymore. Those things hurt, you know? So that's kind of why he was running a little slower in the heat races and everything, but it obviously worked out for me. He had a great night, but that track was definitely a man's track. It was gnarly. Yeah, he's a tough dude, isn't he, RJ? And it was a really good point you brought up about the rider safety in those different sections and how they're sort of modifying all the different bits. Obviously, the riders have some certain opinions on it. Some of them like it, some of them don't. Obviously, the ones that are great in the whoops obviously want that to be a real difference maker for them. But I suppose in the grand scheme of things, it's good overall to sort of be on the pulse with this, especially with last year fresh in the memory, having those decimated fields, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the tracks are still tricky. Uh they made those jumps really peaky, like back in the day, you know, you'd hear people complain, oh, these tracks aren't, you know, they're cookie cutter. Well, they made them peaky. Now they complain, you know, what's the old saying, motocrossers, uh, you know, they, they, they're they not happy if there's no change and they're happy if there's change or however that goes, you know, they'll kind of, you know, have something to say about everything, but that's anything in life, right? But um, they made them pretty peaky and down at the bottoms, it was real soft. So you would have these peaky kind of hard faces and, and soft in the bottom. And so it made it pretty sketchy. And, you know, this is all stuff I'm regurgitating from listening to RJ, but um, you know, it's pretty good insight on, on how that track rode and, and the fact that they had to downshift it, you know, I didn't catch that watching them ride, you know, I'm sure some of the guys who have raced or ridden those kind of tracks could pick up on that stuff, but you know, Joe fan probably had, didn't catch that. Right. You know, it's just, Oh, look at that. That was cool. And like, uh, you know, that track bit uh Thrasher. Uh I was sitting in the press box straight above that when he hit. And I just I seen him boing on he hit his chest in the bars and he he got air off of that. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and he's so lucky that they don't pack the in between the jumps and that it was soft because if he would have landed on the face of that jump. He had a spinal injury or something, you know, he would have, you know, he ended up with bone bruising and a concussion, but could you imagine if he hit the the racing surface that was hard? Cause yeah. I actually cut through that little area during the track walk and it, it was soft. Like you'd sink a foot, foot into it, you know, as you stepped across the side of the jump. So uh, I'm sure the big dirt clots didn't feel great from 15 feet in the air, but uh, he, he, he got as lucky as he could have got for the situation. Yeah, there was a few nasty ones, wasn't there? Obviously, he's had such a bad run last year as well with injuries and 
Yeah, it's great to sort of see him get away relatively unscathed. Obviously, Ryder D had his issue. He looked like he's going to be all right, doesn't he, mate? And how cool was that TLD kit before we get stuck into the racing? That was pretty awesome, that little side sort of die with the golf connotation thrown in there with Fowler. So cool to see the sport, especially TLD. They're so good at breaking new ground and getting these cool collaborations going and thinking outside the box and being real vibrant with their designs, aren't they? Yeah, they had that big golf tournament there in in the in the valley uh, the same weekend, and Ricky wore the jersey at the golf event, which was freaking rad, dude. You know, I mean, golf is so huge over here, and uh, to see a, a player wearing a TLD motocross jersey, I was like, dude, that's freaking rad, dude. You know, um, you know, they don't look like a bunch of dorks out there. You know, they kind of look like he was cool. Uh, so. Good on Ricky Fowler for doing that. I mean, that's that's awesome. Uh, um, yeah, that's all I got for that. Yeah, TLD is pretty cool. So, yeah, just hopefully, obviously, from Barsha and those guys to get a bit of a pickup in the results. Obviously, things haven't quite gone their way so far. But we'll start with Roxon, mate. The skills were on show again, those sprint laps. And that great start gave him such a great platform for success. It was a real masterclass. And you can never doubt the great man, especially with those starts and when he gets out there with that space ahead of him. And he's really emerged as like a legitimate title contender now, even though some of the results haven't really matched his speed. But he's been electric all year, hasn't he, mate? Looking the goods. If you can find that consistency like we're starting to see, and he's so adaptable, he's experienced, he's raced everything, done it all before, and he's so happy on that team. Obviously, worked through a lot of things with the team and the bike initially, and he's probably still doing that, but he's in a really good spot now, isn't he, mate? So lap times were really solid and another winner on the year. So this Supercross 450 class just keeps giving, doesn't it? Oh, it's insane. It's the tightest it's ever been. Um, and hey, if Roxon wouldn't have had some of those bad starts the first couple of rounds, I think he'd be right there in the middle of the points chase, you know. Uh, he, I think he would have already had a win by now. Um, I think Anaheim, too, probably would have been good for him being the triple crowns and the sprinter and him being the only guy who's ever gone one, one, one in a triple crown. And he did it at Glendale in 2020. Um, but the, uh, the guy is just phenomenal at starting and getting out there and, uh, getting going. Uh, it was a damn shame that AP went down because when AP got his win, he hunted down rocks and passed him and AP was on fire i mean you should have heard been in the stadium when he got that heat race win it was just awesome you know i mean cowboy was going for it and uh i i don't think we've seen the last win out of aaron this season i think he's like no i'm i'm not just gonna win in the mud i'm going to get one we're gonna do this you know uh i'm not a mud guy you know he's gonna get after it and win. He's got some heat, a couple heat race wins now. I mean, he's trending upward and uh, the crowd's behind him. And I think when you're trending upward like that, you're the head guy down at the Baker's factory and you're trending upward and you got the fans behind you. Just it all just boosts your confidence into another level. And you can just, I've never seen the guy have more fun and the guy has more fun than anybody. Right. You know, so uh, that's uh, to me, that's probably one of the, the greatest things so far this season is just AP's results this year, you know. And yeah, I went down that sucked, but just just watching him have a good time is a pleasure. Yeah, it's really good this title race, like you said, mate. Obviously, the top seven there separated by just 17 points. Jet Lawrence with the red plate now. It's really shaping up nicely. And Jason Anderson put in another good ride, and he's really putting his name up there. 
really consistent, happy on the bike, like you've discussed in the past. And just, I guess it was a testament to Ken's riding and staying power, because sometimes he was getting those starts and fading back. But Jason Anderson was trying to chase him down on a couple of occasions, trying to put the heat on him, but Ken just kept responding. So real testament there, great sort of speed and skill and just the way they manage the races. And obviously Anderson knew that he probably wasn't going to get Kenny and the track was getting pretty rugged. So Another really solid showing. You hardly saw him on the broadcast, but what was your take on Jason Anderson's weekend? Another solid one. Keep banking those points, and he's really looming large again, isn't he? Yeah, he's just ripping, and, you know, we've got a lot of racing left. Uh, what we got? Uh, 11 rounds or something left, uh, 11, 12 rounds. It, it, it's insane. Anything could happen. I mean, we could weed out a couple of these guys, and Ando and Roxon could be right there in the title. And don't don't forget about Webb. You know, mm. Tomac had a pretty decent night. You know, and both him and Tomac historically pick it up now. Um, I can't wait to see Tomac get to Daytona. Um, what would that be? Number nine if he wins it. I think number nine or yeah, I think he's got eight. Uh, yeah, I don't don't, don't quote me on that, but. Yeah, I, I would love to see him just win that one and go, yeah, I'm done. I've got it. I got to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go hunting, you know, and uh, see you guys in 25 years when we do a reunion tour or something. But you think uh, we see him outdoors? Probably not. I don't know. I mean, he loves the outdoors, but I just I don't know. I, I if, if he has a good half back half of the season, I could see him probably going for it, you know, challenging Jet. Uh Jet made a little comment in the uh, press conference that kind of raised an eyebrow, you know, about Tomac, you know, kind of not being what he once was. And, uh, you know, Tomac, his right eyebrow raised up and he goes, look, you little son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, boy. Uh, yeah, Daddy still got some. So, you know, and that's probably a lot of good showmanship on Jet. But, you know, be careful what you ask for. You just may get it right. And uh um, it, it was interesting, you know, uh, at Detroit, he didn't get any booze, uh, uh, Jetson didn't get any real booze or anything, but it, at, uh, Glendale, it wasn't as bad as Anaheim, but yeah, they booed him when he came out, you know? And so, and, you know, and he's taking little jabs at these guys. So, uh, I don't know if he's relishing that role and kind of stirring the pot a little bit and, you know, kicking the bull in the nuts, you know, but, uh, I don't think he's stupid. He knows what he's doing. You know, he is a kid, but you know, but I think there's a lot of gamesmanship in him and uh, he's probably just stirring the pot and trying to get in these guys' heads. Right. Yeah. Mike Tyson was really good at that. He'd go in there and he had you beat before you even, you even got into the ring with him. And I think Jetson has a little bit of that in him that he's smart enough to get in their head and start messing with them, you know, and just little shots like that. And then, then going out and having a crappy weekend and still ending up on the podium and, you know, the kid, the kid's legit, you know? So, and I think the booing will go away, especially if he wins the title this year, everybody will get amnesia and he's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread again. And, you know, everybody will be in love with him. And, you know, so the fans in this sport are pretty funny like that, you know? Yeah. Well said, mate, obviously jet, Really impressive ride. And like you were saying, he doesn't mind sort of saying those little funny sort of interesting bites just to, I don't know if he just does it because it's just the immaturity. He's just a kid because, you know, obviously he's pretty laughable and loves a joke and loves just being funny and just doing silly things off the track. Once that helmet goes on, mate, it's all action, isn't it? And that'll probably bode pretty well if he's getting into those mind games with someone like Cooper Webb, who's sort of traditionally a master on it. So sort of 
make for some pretty cool little interesting subplots moving forward too because those guys are right up there and had a nice little battle on the weekend too but yeah jet sort of obviously can't come through the pack like you do in the 250 class but still deserves massive respect for chopping up through there getting up to third on the podium and he just navigates racetracks and situations so well, even though he had a couple of pretty nasty moments. And he had a nice battle with his brother, too, who had an excellent race, his best yet. Really gained some confidence with that as well, Hunter. And on a pretty slippery, tough track that was pretty hard to sort of get through in a lot of ways. So best round yet for him. Jet Lawrence has got the red plate. I guess good confidence boosters for these guys heading into the break. And it's certainly interesting to see how the fans will receive them moving forward. Yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's any sweat off his back. I don't. I think he's just going to roll with it and do his thing. He'll be he'll be just fine. And uh, when he when he takes that wad of hundred dollar bills and wipes his tears away, I'm sure it makes it all better. You know, uh, uh, you know he he's not going to go home and and fawn over uh, getting a few booze. I don't think he really cares. You know, he 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 knows what's up. So, you know, Ping had one good insight on uh, the weekend. Uh, Jet made a pass on I think it was uh, Webb, and he held him up in the corner real tight. You know. Uh, um, he, he went by Hunter and then he, when he went into that corner, he kind of held Hunter up just enough to where, or, I mean, uh, held Webb up just enough to where Hunter dipped into that corner, like kind of team tacticing. And I, and I, Ping, Ping caught that and was talking about that. I go, yeah, that was pretty cool that he did that, you know? And Hey, if my brother was out there, you damn right. I'd park your ass in the cheap seats. I wouldn't just hold you up in the berm. I, you'd be in the safety hold upside down going, help, help, <laughs> you know, screw you. That's my brother, dude. So it, uh, it, it, there's some fun stuff going on in the 450 class. It's, it's definitely good, but yeah, good on rocks and get another one. Good for Suzuki. Uh, uh, he's single-handedly saving that brand, you know, it, it kind of makes you wonder what's going to happen when he decides to hang it up. Uh, this is, you could come out with a new bike and come back into the racing or do they pull out and, you know, do like they did in all other forms of racing and they're going to go make mopeds and stuff, you know, I don't know. It's a trip, but he's single-handedly saving Suzuki in America right now, period. Yeah, he's doing the goods, isn't he, mate? And just a quick word on Hunter Lawrence's kit. Was there much sort of chat about that? Obviously, the Daniel Ricciardo collaboration with that. Another Aussie there. So your thoughts on that, mate? And just how impressed were you with his riding? Because he's really able to stick it up there with those guys this weekend. Hasn't You know, he's been solid, but probably after Paris Supercross and, you know, the expectations and just how good he is, he probably expected to be around where he is now. But it's not easy, that 450 class. And he's mentioned it's just a lot of bike too, isn't it? And there's so much to sort of get used to. And there's no getting around how stacked that class is either, is it, mate? So I guess less mistakes as well for him this weekend. So the confidence will be higher now. But just your takeaways from Hunter specifically as well? Well, you know, Hunter's a little older, a little wiser, and a little less controversial than than Jet, right? And I think he's just happy getting better every weekend. So he, he got, what, fifth? Um, you know, that's solid as hell, you know. So he's trending upwards. He's going in the right direction. And I think his thoughts are is just learn this season and get healthy, stay healthy, go into outdoors, do his thing, and uh, come into 25 Supercross as a as a win contender at least you know i mean the guy knows how to ride a bike and i've seen him at the honda test track preseason and he was getting it you know he he knows what he's doing out there on that thing and he was pretty impressive so i think he's just uh taking a calculated methodical approach to it you know that he strikes me as that guy he's very intelligent and uh, uh i think he's just gonna 
uh, kill people with his results, not his mouth. Right. You know, he's just gonna, he's gonna do what Hunter does. Yeah, well said. And obviously next on the list as we worked out, obviously Ferrandis, another really consistent and solid day at the office for him. Super impressive what he's doing, isn't it, mate? He sort of found his groove, found the rhythm there. He's really refreshed and recalibrated mentally and he's just so happy in that program. He was having some great battles throughout the race too, wasn't it, mate? He wasn't lying down for anyone. And I guess the next logical step for him would be to get on the podium. And yeah, Cooper Webb, just to touch on him again, obviously not ideal. He'll be looking for a massive bounce back. And like JT was saying on the broadcast, he has that huge sort of struggle in Glendale usually. So that certainly bore itself out again here. But yeah, watch out. Like you said, mate, next round he'll be coming out swinging. He doesn't like sort of festering on that for two weeks. He'll have a lot of thinking and a lot of time to sort of give it all he has at the next round, won't he? Yeah, I mean, his average win at Glendale is seventh and he finished seventh. Uh, I think that's just one of those rounds where if he survives and doesn't leave in a meat wagon or uh, lose a bunch of points, I think he's probably pretty happy. But uh, we're coming into the Cooper Webb, Eli Tomac stretch of the series uh, where those guys light up and get going. Um, Ferrandis has been riding really, really well. I would love to see him find that next that that other little notch that he needs to to hook on his belt to to get on the podium or get a win because he knows how to do it. You know, we, we know he's a super cross regional champion, national champion. He's obviously got the tools in the kit. Um, he's got a great bike. He's got Honda parts. He's got Ziggy doing the suspension and I would love to see them get a win just for, for factory connection. You know, uh, that would be, that would be pretty epic for those guys, you know, to after Geico dissolving and then the, them deciding to come back, if they could get on the podium or the top step their first season back, that'd be pretty rad. I think that would uh, bode very well, and it'd probably keep Ferrandis back around for a while longer too. Yeah, he's certainly probably exceeding expectations for what a lot of people would have had in mind. But, yeah, it's just amazing what sort of confidence and happiness can do for a rider and, Moving down the list, mate, would love, obviously, to hear your thoughts on Chase Sexton. Obviously, he had that injury during the week, and it was pretty cool that he was honest about that because a lot of guys just suffer in silence and sort of don't like to, you know, let anyone know about it and just sort of maybe it's like a sign of weakness and they just want to tough it out. But, yeah, he did as well as he could in the situation and to still bank some points, still riding that title hunt as well. It was cool to see Mookie in there getting eight, getting the top ten. You know, the riding's always good with Mookie. A lot of the time, he's so fast and just good to see him sort of get some decent results. And even Christian Craig there in 12th, not obviously where he wants to be, but he obviously just wants to get some momentum and get some more work done and just sort of feel like he can battle it up there in the top 10 because that's where they all are. There's so many elite riders in there. And it's not easy getting the top 10 in that class, is it, mate? And AP as well, not the ideal weekend, but it could have been so much more for him too. So we'll just love your thoughts on those guys too, mate. Yeah, you know, so Sexton, I guess he did something to his arm. He's got a contusion or something. I don't know exactly what it was, but apparently last week, at the beginning of the week, um, he hopped on the track, couldn't even do a lap. He hit a double and his arm blew off, and everyone's like, dude, this dude ain't riding. So Chase Sexton is gnarly, and he, you know, Ricky always says, championships are won on your bad days, you know, so did he do what he needed to do to – average out the rest of the rounds and save enough points. But uh, the dude's a stud. Um, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got a great team. You know, there's other media outlets saying, oh, did he make a mistake going to the KTM? No, I don't think he did. I think he's right where he wants to be. But, I mean, when you when you weed your arm and on Monday you can't hold onto the bike to hit a double 
on a supercross track and you're out there Saturday racing against the best in the world, you're a gnarly dude. And he wouldn't be out on there that if that bike was a piece of shit, you know? So I'm not worried about him. I think he'll bounce back. The week off is really, really good for him. It was nice not seeing Mookie uh, laying in the dirt playing geologist out there. Um, he did really, really well in his heat race and he got a top 10 build off it, Mookie, you know, uh, uh, Nate's probably eating, um, you know, antacids, uh, by the bucket full, uh, for the 450 class. And then, uh, you know, thank God RJ's in there doing his thing right now, but, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a rough go for Mookie and Christian, you know, and, uh, honestly, I don't know if Christian will be back next year. I just, when you see him, he just, he just does not look stoked. Right. Uh, it just, kind of like he's like i just want to get through this and you know go uh do a podcast or something that that's just the vibe i get i haven't talked to anybody but when you just see somebody when you see their energy i think he you know he's already broke his spine and gone through all that and i think you get to a point where your life in anything when you had a bad injury i've had a bad spinal injury and i was stupid enough to go back and put 20 years into my career doing it and i'm at the point in my life now where i'm like I got better shit to do. You know, it's just, you know, I've already climbed that hill and, and done well. And, you know, uh, do I really want to do this no more? And, and that's just the vibe I get, you know? So, uh, I may be a complete jackass and not know what I'm talking about. And he comes out and cleans everybody's clock at the end of the season and, uh, it comes back next year. And then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll eat my words, you know, but I don't know. That's just kind of a educated guess on my part, but, uh, but yeah, seeing Mookie do well, uh, I want to see him get back up and mix it up and uh, hopefully he doesn't get anywhere near Jason Anderson. You know, those two need to stay apart, <laughs> you know, so they're, they're like a magnet, you know, and, but anyway, uh, yeah, the 450 class was really, 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 really good again this weekend. Uh, it's kind of nice going into the break and coming into round seven not having any idea who's going to take a hold of this championship. Cause back in the day, either Ricky Reed or James would have already been running away with it, you know, and it was boring at that point. And then you're watching the regional rounds, right? So the, it's definitely good for everybody. It's good for the fans. It's good for the riders. It's good for Feld. It's good for the sponsors. It's just building a huge buzz. And now I honestly hope it goes down to Salt Lake city. You yeah, imagine going to Salt Lake city. Yeah, just imagine going into Salt Lake not knowing who is the clear title contender. Like every, everybody's got a couple of race wins. Nobody's got eight or ten wins on the season. Everybody's got two or three. You imagine that? Just like holy shit, who's going to pull this off tonight? You know, uh, it's kind of like that Super Bowl game last night. I came up on the shit end of the stick on that one, being a Niners fan. But you know, it it wasn't the highest scoring game, but it it came out just right down to the end, and Mahomes did his thing. You know, does. Does uh, Jet come in there and do his thing? Does Chase do his thing? Does Tomac pull it out? Does Kenny squeak one out? Does AP uh, get love from the motor? I mean, it's, it's just kind of feels like that game last night. You know, you just you have no idea who's going to take control and go for it until until it's just over, until the clock runs out. And that's what I really, really hope for. Yeah, absolutely agree with what you're saying there, mate. And I guess as you move forward through the season, a lot of guys that are absolutely elite haven't had the season they want so far. And you, there'll be spoilers come the end of the season and the second half of the season. You know, guys like Justin Cooper, who's shown some really great flashes, and Mookie, and obviously Christian Craig, Vince Freeze getting 13th, McElrath 14th, Wilson 16th, Bloss, and obviously Barsha down in 18th. 
all these guys are just elite riders. They could throw it in there for sure. And even Justin Hill, like there's just a lot of riders in there that can get in those top five positions and they've shown in the past and just to put another spanner in the work. So it's just gonna be such a good season, mate. I can't see the storylines, you know, drying up anytime soon, mate, because it's just everywhere you look, there's something to talk about, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it just... I, I'm not even going to pretend to know what's going to happen or what curveball is going to come our way. I'll, the only thing I can say is I pray to God everybody stays healthy this year. And then it'll, imagine what the outdoor nationals would be like with everybody healthy. You know, if, if, if everybody can come in and take that little break in between uh, the last round in Salt Lake and Paula, uh, it would be a great 2024. 20, could probably go down as the greatest season in history, really, you know. Uh, 22 was really, really, really good with Chase and Eli. But imagine if everybody was in there just scrapping, you know, it'd, it'd be gnarly, dude. Look like a bunch of Muppets out there just mopping each other up on the track. It'd be great. And maybe even obviously next year, get Prado to throw it in there outdoors. That'll be something to see as well. Oh, yeah. Let's get him and Hurlings over here. Just really screw everything up. Just, yeah, just let's have a knockdown drag out and, in the outdoors that'd be that'd be sick but anyway we're kind of skewing off we probably should get into the 250s yeah mate there's certainly a lot to look forward to and a lot that we can still discuss from the 250s for sure and glendale as a whole obviously rj awesome effort coming from that painful case back earlier in the day like you said mate really banged up but he certainly put that flex on in that 250 main event mate managed the track and the scenarios in front of him so well and obviously, where do we see him going from here? Obviously, 450 testing, he mentioned. It'd be awesome to see him obviously race, but maybe that's a little bit unlikely with the championship on the line here. You'd hate to see him go out of that race in the 450s, but he's already shown that he wants to do that 450. He's capable of doing it, and he's priming himself for the future. So he even mentioned that he'd like to obviously you know, do some testing on it during the break and even help his teammates, which is a pretty cool thing to see as well. Yeah, you know, he, he said that today. Um our show that he's going to, he's really good at setting up a bike. So he's going to go give a whack at that 450 and see if there's something that the guys aren't seeing or feeling and, and um, see if he can help them out and do that kind of stuff. But yeah, he, it's a miracle. He won that race because he caught a felony case over that big uh, finish line gap jump at the end of the start straight. Uh, it was or not finish line, but the start straight gap. I mean, that, that thing was only like, four or five foot tall and it hucked, you know, it was like, it was huge. It was 75, 80 feet over a real short jump. And I guess he caught a tough block or something. And, and he goes, man, I've caught some cases, but that one was just said it just shifted his jaw over just everything hurt, you know, and lucky he didn't get hurt real bad. And, um, and then after you went over that jump, you took a right, went back across and then, uh, there was a left-hand turn and you had that little kind of step on kind of double over and then land and take the left into the first, first rhythm lane. And, uh, I caught Nicoletti, uh, just barely clipped a tough block there and went down. He got lucky though. When he, he when he got spit off, it rolled him right over the top of the last jump. So he just kind of, if, if he would have been a foot lower, he would have hurt, but he just, he just, just kind of slid right over the top. Like he was sliding into home. But, uh, that that's, been kind of an issue lately is the tough blocks you know i don't know if they need to really think about putting less of them out there and um you know on the tv broadcast they can do those virtual uh um you know like on the face of the finish line jump they they you know they can make it all virtual maybe it's time to kind of go to that for the television broadcast and kind of limit how many of those um tough blocks are out there on the jumps and and where they put them and maybe have them farther 
farther off the track a little bit. I, I don't know, but when they're, when they're, when they can get caught in the racing lane or the track marker guy, and I can't tell you how many times I've seen the track guy not go put it back. And then one of the ones who's experienced runs over there and kind of puts it over, but they're in such a hurry and they want to get out of the way. It's kicking over three or four inches into the track. And that three or four inches can be the difference between grabbing a foot peg and not grabbing a foot peg. So I think they need to really, it's been an issue for a long time, but I think it's kind of getting to the point where they need to really think about doing something else or make them out of cardboard or something, something that if it catches, it's not going to take the bike down, you know, WSX. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, something, I mean, yeah, they've saved a few people's asses when they've flown through the air and happened to land on one. Uh, I mean, it probably doesn't feel great, but a lot better than hitting the dirt. I'm sure Nate would have wished he would have had a tough block there that he landed on uh, the way he landed. He probably got back up and rode, but, uh, I think they're, they're, uh, weeding people more than they're helping right now. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting topic. Obviously Paris Supercross do their own world Supercross do their own, all different series across the world. So, you know, it's one of those sort of ongoing topics. We'll see. Obviously, I'm sure they're putting time and investing money into the best solutions. But, yeah, it's just such a tough one because sometimes they come in handy. Sometimes they hinder situations, like you were saying. You definitely don't want one, like, you know, lying in the whoops or something, do you, mate? Because it's, uh, it's hard enough to get through those things, let alone without a tough block line in front of that you've got to try and negotiate. So, but yeah, the 250 class is just made for some great racing. Obviously, both coasts and you have Smith, Hampshire and Kitchen. It's really shaping up as a great battle, isn't it, mate? And I guess, who do you give the edge to at this point? Obviously, the other two are experienced, but Kitchen's kind of been the more consistent guy. And he's got, you know, he's a bit older than a lot of, you know, younger riders in his situation, a bit of a late bloomer, but it's really good to see him out there. And they're just keeping it on. And it's pretty hard to see how it's going. I guess, would you give the edge to Kitchen at this point? Or are you just giving it to RJ just on the, I guess, the experience, the platform he's on? He knows everything. He's worked so hard to get to that base that he's at now. And he's a fighter, isn't he, mate? He's never lying down. He's always up for it. So aggressive, the intensity, which, you know, probably needs to dial it back every now and then. But he's maturing really well. And he's a very complete rider. So I guess he's probably the man for you as well. RJ is the fastest, I think. And then Jordan's right there with him. Um, but him and Jordan are not the most consistent guys. Um, you know, historically they've gotten a lot better. Um, Levi has got flashes of blinding speed, but I think he's pretty smart. Like these guys are out there killing themselves. I'm just going to go at 95% and, uh, he's got the red plate going out and that was his goal. He said it, I got the red plate going out. It was funny as hell though, man. He, He must have a small bladder though, because, uh, Four times during the race, he must have thought I was a fellow guy or something because he kept asking me, you know, before his rides, hey, where's the bathroom? I'm like, shit, I don't know. Back there, there was an outhouse and he just sprint off. He, he either drinks a hell of a lot of water and he's hydrated to hell or he's got the world's smallest bladder. But that guy did more pissing than he did at racing at Glendale. I swear to God, dude, it was, it was funny as shit. I got, I'm going to give him some hell about that next time I see him. Bill. Dude, what was your deal at Glendale, dude? Every time I saw you, like, man, where's the bathroom? And I, do I look like the toilet attendant? Do I look like one of those guys who sits there and hands you paper towels and a, and a breath mint? You know, what the, what the hell is, what do I look like, bud? But, but uh, maybe I do look like it and I got to rethink my program. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that was just a funny little side note. And then, uh, yeah, so th- those three guys, the rest of the field, I don't know. I mean, uh, I was standing right there when um, when uh, DeFrancesco ran off. He, he he got weeded pretty hard. Uh, that didn't that did not tickle. Uh, felt bad for him on that one. I hope he's OK. And then. 
obviously, you know, Joe Chibota, mate, give us a few words on Joe on the podium. Really good for him. He's obviously got the speed, the skill. Obviously, he would have liked to have shown that earlier in the season. But just the starts have been so average for him this year. And he needs to sort of get them really dialed to sort of get himself anywhere near those front guys because you can't just rely on getting through the field all the time. There's so much carnage in those classes. You're just opening yourself up to get caught in a dramatic situation. But I suppose, yeah, it's better than, you know, what he's been through. But, yeah, good to get on the podium. Hopefully he can start racking some off because he should be up there winning and he was probably my title favourite heading in. So hopefully we see an uptick from him moving forward now because he's got it all, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's awesome. It's just that something didn't click like they thought it was going to click and they're not where they obviously wanted to be, you know. Um, I don't know if pressure gets to the guy, you know. He's very quiet, and um, uh, but when he gets on the track, it's like a, a, a switch goes off and he changes into a pretty aggressive dude on the track. But if you meet him, he's very quiet and polite, you know. Maybe he needs to just uh, get a little more aggressive and, and uh, come out of his shell a little more. I, I, I don't know, but he's – He's around a very, very intelligent group of people. You know, Lars is going to dissect what he's doing and get him dialed. And he's obviously got on the podium this weekend, so they're heading in the right direction. And I guarantee you they're going to test their ass off, you know, in this break. You know, they got a long, good break. So um, it'd be interesting to see if we see a different Shimoda come out. Absolutely. And as we rack down the 250 class, mate, we've obviously got a couple more before we let you go, but... Obviously, Marchbank's exceptional ride carving it up through the field there, mate. He's really shown that he's right in that mix and he can match him for speed, hasn't he, mate? And the platform that Club MX guys have been working on for years, it's really all that hard work's paying off. Obviously, Nicoletti getting eight. He would have probably liked a better night too. But yeah, he's shown that he's got the speed. Obviously, Oldenburg's sixth, Juju's seventh, Wageman ninth. Really great effort from him. Always cool to see him doing well. And Hunter Yoda, tenth. Mumford had some really great speed throughout the night, didn't he? He was back in 11th. And the Frenchman bore Don in 12th. So some pretty cool riders doing their thing there, mate. And what was your sort of pick of that bunch? Well, uh, the smart top guys in the heat race, I think were second and third. They were killing it. That, that was pretty cool. You know, I'd like to see Mumford do good, you know, in Oldenburg. You know, they, they're they kind of the blue-collar badasses out there, you know, that have got really, really good bikes and team. And, you know, Tony knows what he's doing. So it's nice to see those guys uh, getting some heat race success. And, you know, I think they should be top 10 guys, you know. They, they need to keep working towards that, and I think they're progressing well. I tried to talk to Bordon, but his uh, – his Franklish and my uh, my my French, they're uh, they're just not lining up, bud. You know, we, we kind of did some hand gesture signals, and I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna have to hold off on this conversation for a while." He needs to learn a little more English because I am not learning French. So uh, he, he was pretty impressive, but uh, yeah, what what a rad story for that cat. You know, uh, LeBig shared a bunch of photos that they put into the uh, TV broadcast, which was kind of cool. So he got some love from the TV broadcast. Lee Diffie did a little thing and LeBig gave him some photos from back in Europe uh, to kind of show the people who this guy is because everybody's like, you know, the 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 lay fan, you know, was like, who, who the hell is this number 100 guy? I've never heard of him. So they, gave him they gave him a little backstory, which was pretty awesome. Uh, it was sick seeing Billy in the LCQ. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, uh, did uh, I'll fill you in on what happened there. So um, the heat comes up and no Billy. And so I'm texting Billy. I'm like, dude, are you good? Where, where the hell are you at? No, we're, we're racing. Hello. You know, well, apparently he'd come down to the line and he, he had something. There's like a safety thing they have all have to have in their helmet or whatever. And he didn't have it with him. 
So he just turned around and ripped back up the, uh, out of the tunnel and back up the ramp to go get it and come back down. When he came back down, the AMA's all, nah, man, once you've come to the line, when you turn around, when you, if you leave, you don't come back down, that's it. You know, so he didn't get to race the heat race. So he came into the LCQ and he was running on the bubble in the LCQ and uh, they red flagged the race. I forget that kid's name, but he, he uh, wrecked it just as you come back out of the turn past the finish line, right in the little dog leg right there. He ate it pretty hard. A, lot, a couple guys ate it right there. And uh, that's the same spot that uh, DeFrancesco went down. But um, Billy got in there and they red flagged it. I'm like, son of a bitch, man. He's so close. God damn it. You know? Well, then they restart it, and he comes out in third, and then he put a good pass on that dude for second, and he was going for it. And I think if he would have had a couple more laps, if it was a longer race, and he had some fitness in him, he said he's ridden his bike eight times since Anaheim won, including the racing he's done. So uh, I think he would have got that kid and got the LCQ win, but, he, dude, he was going for it. Man, I was just – you know, I'm not supposed to be cheering for anyone right around the side of the right uh, the track, but I don't give a shit. Yell at me all you want, man. I was yeah, go Billy, just screaming. You know, uh, sorry, bro. Uh, I, you know, I'm gonna make an exception for myself on that one. I'm, you know, uh, I was, I just anytime that guy does good. So uh, his birthday's uh, the 26th of this month, I think, and he's gonna be 41. So um, hopefully after that he can get a, another main and and really just kick that that uh, record up even higher you know so um he was super super stoked but it was gnarly dude he he finished the lcq i go over and talk to him and john goes get off the bike dude and he rips up goes fills it up with gas and billy turns and i chase him down the back of the uh behind the the start and he goes back out goes out to the line dude and man when he came off the off the main he was just sitting there and came went up and kind of gave him a high five and the bro hug and he goes I'm tired. And John's like, yeah, dude, we're done talking. He's, he's got to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny story. He, he told me this after to, he had to get John, uh, his mechanic, black John, he had to get him a, uh, uh, Uber back to the hotel. Well, they couldn't get an Uber to come into the stadium because of the way they block off all the traffic. So they had to walk, walk like a mile away after Billy did all this racing and Billy goes, man, I had to get off my feet. So he's, like, I was just laying on the street out there, and you know, people are coming by, man, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, that's hilarious, man. People are probably throwing change at you, thinking you're a homeless dude. You're like, you idiot! I just ran the main in State Farm Stadium. I don't want your damn money, you know. But you know, he said it, it. It was an interesting end of the night. But the yeah, the the poor guy, man, he's just uh, sliding into home plate. Uh, you know, pretty beat up right now. So the break is going to be very, very good for him. Um, I know we may see him go race some 450s back east during the break just so he can get some more gate drops. Uh, he's pretty nuts, dude. I, yeah. I think uh, I think Billy's got some mental issues in there that we need to talk about. He's got some serious issues that we got to work out. But uh, I, if I were him, I would uh, stay in Southern California and hit the test tracks and uh, and do a lot of um, stretching and yoga and Pilates or whatever yeah. I could to kind of get my mobility back and uh, get my fitness up. But Hey, nothing like the gate drop. So yeah, watching Billy get in the main again, that was just super sweet. Cause so many people are like, he'll not, he won't even make a main blah, blah, blah. And I think, uh, you can see his writings just getting better and faster. And I think with, if he has a good break, gets his fitness up and comes back, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him get in the 10 to 15 range out there, you know, uh, if he got a top 10, Oh, I'd lose my mind, you know?
And I, and I totally think he's capable of it. I mean, he's got bike skills that a lot of these new kids don't have that translate over from riding a 125 back in the day, you know? So he's looking at the track different and doing things and he's got little tricks up his sleeve. The old man's got some game that these new kids never learn these techniques, you know, it's just pin it to win it. And, uh, uh, I think when he gets his fitness up and, you know, he's obviously got all the rust off now he hit the ground so hard, it all fell off. So, uh, um, you know, uh, I, th I think Billy is still going to surprise some people as this season goes on. I think there's a couple, three, four more races, but I think he'll be good. Yeah, it's been impressive seeing what he's been able to do. And I guess the moral of the story for him will be avoid those LCQs at all costs, especially with that quick turnaround, mate. So no, that was a great story about him. And we certainly wish him all the best and look forward to seeing him back out there, whether that be 250 or 450. And obviously a quick shout out to Paul Pierce. He got a really cool interview with Aussie privateer Joel Whiteman in Glendale. So everyone, I'd encourage you to check that out. You know, doing his own program, doing the first few rounds of Supercross, been making night shows. Just really cool to see people chancing their arm and just doing what they love, isn't it, mate? And succeeding. And he'll be back for some rounds later in the season. So all the fans, check that one out. And just cool to see these guys. Everyone's got these amazing stories in motocross and how they get there. It's all the different ways and beyond the factory riders. It's a lot of work, mate. So massive respect to all those privateers out there. So pretty cool stuff, mate. So before we let you go, mate, what's on the cards for the rest of the week? Obviously, you and the team at Whiskey Throttle are doing great work. Those podcasts, the video content, it's all happening, mate. So just fill us in what's happening and both for you and the team. Uh, just, uh, I'm sitting in the parking lot of a refinery in Salt Lake City going, uh, I'm going to go smash my head against the wall and watch some remedial training I got to go do. But uh, just uh, stepping out, no racing for me until uh, I'll be back for uh, Seattle. And then I dip back out for another round. And then, then um, like I said, I think I've said this before, I'm helping to hit uh, Nashville on to finish out. Um, doing a bunch of bike testing. Uh, we got some two-stroke stuff we're going to be working on, on the new YZ250. Uh, that's coming out. Uh, Bruce has got some NGPCs coming up to race. Uh, we're, we're riding the Honda now in the NGPCs and kind of working with the SLR Honda team doing that. And uh, I'm trying to egg Bruce on. And uh, we were talking about last night about uh, racing one of the outdoor nationals and uh, calling out some of the other uh, media dorks that uh, fellow media dorks. I'll say that I'm not calling them dorks. We're all dorks. We're media dorks, but uh, maybe calling out a couple of the other guys who can twist the throttle uh, like uh, Moseman and them mm -hmm. and uh, maybe see if we can uh, have a race within the race at uh, Paula. I think that'd be pretty cool. You know, the media dork national or something is what we could call it, you know? And uh, the winner gets a golden microphone or something. But uh, so we're just trying to come up with fun shit to do, you know, uh, good content. Ping's doing his thing. And, you know, just uh, we're really excited about the the site lap and riders meeting, you know, being a pod now. We're, we're doing it on YouTube and Brown Dog gave us rights to use his photos. So we just have a bitch and slideshow of all the, you know, bunch of rad photos from the event. He takes play in the background. Yeah, yeah, he, he takes great photos and kind of took a cue from you guys, you know, uh, on the on the YouTube, you know, having the audio pod with some, a photo in the back. I was like, hey, that's a great idea. Let's do that. So, you know, give credit where credit's due. We kind of stole the idea from you guys, but haha. Uh, but um, yeah, just just having a blast, man. Uh, having the having the riders on uh, for for site lab and riders meetings. Rod Pierce Brown will be on um, on on Monday for uh, for site lab. And uh, even though we're going on the break, but there'll be a couple week gap. But uh, all the riders seem to be really stoked on hopping on with us. It's a new 
outlet for them. Uh, a lot of the other guys have been around a long time doing the same thing, and it's kind of the same old routine. We're a little bit different, and uh, we've got some real positive feedback from, like, Dan Hubbard and Davey came up to me this weekend and was giving us some good feedback. So it, it feels really good because we've been working really, really hard, you know, just like you guys are busting your ass, you know. We're just trying to do our thing and make a difference and and uh, give fans kind of an inside view of, of – what what goes on out there not just race results and you know what were you thinking when you come into that step on triple over what gear were you in i don't give a shit you know shut up you freaking nerd but uh you know we just, they're they're all dudes like we are you know the motocross is the most accessible sport there is right as far as the riders and they're all cool and if you're mm -hmm. real with them they get it and and they they like to talk you know i like to talk so we just sit there and bullshit and it's a it's an absolute blast is you know so we're just going to keep doing more of that and hope everybody likes it and uh likes hearing listen to me babble on and bruce babble on and ping babble on and so on and so forth and as long as people like it and people want to sponsor us we'll keep doing it yeah well said mate we're loving these podcasts and the list of numbers have been excellent too mate so but we'll just for the fans and anyone that wants to know we'll keep these podcasts going even if you're not at the races every week you still get all the insight from the guys yep. you still speak to riders speak to ping speak to bruce so we'll keep them going mate and definitely thank you again for the time and thank you for the sponsors for this one in fly racing fox parts europe scott whole shop motorhomes asv performance and of course even strokes for all their incredible support as without them, there is no us. All right, thanks again, Jeff. Been a ripper chat, mate. All the best, and we look forward to catching up soon. Hey, man, thanks for having me on, man. It's It's been a pleasure. I love doing these. Like I never thought I'd get an opportunity to do this kind of stuff, and it's rad, and uh, I'll keep doing it as long as I got air in my lungs, man. No worries, mate. Look forward to the next one, and all the best. All right, you too, bud.